Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Soul Bossa Nova from Quincy Jones, a fantastically Latin way to start Jazz Shapers here on Jazz FM with me, Elliot Moss. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. Jazz Shapers is the place where you can hear the very best of the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul, put alongside their equivalents in the world of business. And my business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is Monica Linton. She's the founder of Brindisa Limited. They're the people that bring in beautiful food from Spain and have been doing so since around 1988, as well as the co-founder of Brindisa Kitchens, Brindisa Tapas Kitchens. Six restaurants now strong, five in the UK and one outside in Barcelona. I'm really looking forward to talking to Monica. I'm also looking forward to hearing from our programme partner, at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. On top of that brilliant recipe for a great programme, you're also going to be hearing some brilliant music, including Van Morrison, Miles Davis, and this from Jackie Terrison. Jackie Terrison with Kiff, a real mixture of influences which reflect his very varied background. Monica Linton's my business shaper today, as I said. She's the founder of Brindisa Limited. They've been bringing in delicious Spanish food. And I must declare right now, I am a fan. Uh, studied Spanish myself and lived in Spain and in Mexico over the years. So I can't wait to get into the, the nitty gritty with you in a moment, Monica. And she's also the co-founder of Brindisa Tapas Kitchens. And they have six restaurants now, five in the UK one of which is possibly my favourite ever in Borough Market, called Brindisa, um, and one in Barcelona. Hola, buenos dias, and thank you so much for joining us. Hola, buenos dias. Now, we're not I'm really to happy Spanish. to be here. No, we're <laughs> going to speak in English, but I'm really happy to be here. Thank you very much. It's an absolute, it's, I promise you it's going to be our pleasure. Now, tell me about this, um, this crazy thing that started way back in the 80s. You'd studied, I think, Spanish-related um, studies, degree and things. You had apparently 1,500 quid that you put into the business at the beginning. How did it come about that you took your love of, of a culture and your love of a language and you translated that into a business? It came about really through studies, as, as you said, as you recognised, from school and university. But then at the end of it all, I just had found that Spanish as a language I could jump into and speak. Somehow comfortably it just came together. And so when I went to live in Spain after university to teach and just be in Spain, because I didn't start off with food... Um, I decided to come back to England in the end and then bring some food with me. But the idea, the sort of seed, if you like, was the fact my brother and I kind of swapped cities. And he'd, been start, he'd started off in the city in London and then he decided that he really wanted to go to Barcelona because uh, the city wasn't going to do it for him. So he decided to go to Barcelona, fantastic trading city in, in Europe, really up and coming. And when he got there, he started trading British products there and sending me Spanish stuff. So Spanish cheeses and Spanish wines in those early days. That was around 88. And really, that's how it got going. And then, and then so, so you, okay, so you start it and that's all fine. But though that sounds like kind of a cute idea. And it could have just been, oh, it's nice. I've just got some cheese. I'll share it with the family. When did you realise that there was a demand for the kind of quality and the unusualness and the speciality-ness, if you like, that is a word, of the food that you were bringing in? Because at that time, wine, global wine was becoming much more prevalent. When I grew up, there was one wine and two. And by the late 80s, early 90s, explosion. 
but there wasn't an explosion of Spanish food for a while. No, 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 that's true. And I think although we started, I started selling wine in Britain, I found selling wine to the wine trade in the late 80s extremely difficult. I knew nothing about wine except that I enjoyed it. So that really didn't work. And so when my brother, who started taking Stilton over to Barcelona, started meeting Spanish cheesemakers and cheese retailers, um, he said, well, look, why don't we look at some cheese? Because obviously it goes really nicely with wine. But as soon as I was given a box of cheese by him to consider as a sort of uh, business uh, opportunity, I was completely in that box. I mean, I just wanted to be... I wanted to know where the cheeses came from. I wanted to know who the farmer was that, you know, farmed the animals, that brought the milk, that made the cheese, etc., etc. And it would just somehow grab me far more than wine did at the time. So I then pitched, really, the range that we started off really, really, really quite high in terms of quality. And when I started approaching retailers and restaurants in London, this was like, this was like 1989, 1990. They all just thought she was balmy i mean these cheeses are really expensive they're not going to work nobody knows how to say the names nobody thinks they're going to ever remember that they exist or you know in spain i suppose people knew more about summer holidays than artisan cheese and estate olive oils but but. i was just determined i'm a bit like a dog with a bone i was not going to give up and i just carried on and i carried on and i carried on until i found doors did start opening and people started thinking i've got to take spain seriously i'm a you know, a retailer in London, whether it's Harrods or Fortnum's or whoever it was, a speciality deli or a chef with a, a menu, they couldn't ignore Spain for much longer because it was going to become a member of the EU. It was going to become, you know, the Olympics were going to do to be there and so on. Things were happening in Spain. So it was time people, the timing was really lucky. And find out how that timing became not just lucky, but also started to be the precursor to a rather big and healthy business. Time for some music. This is Miles Davis with It Ain't Necessarily So. The unmistakable sound of Miles Davis with it. It ain't necessarily so. Monica Linton's my business shaper. She's, uh, as I said, the founder of Brindisa Limited. Beautiful food from Spain. And as you were hearing earlier, um, Monica started that journey in 1988, literally with a journey in Spain. And she's also the co-founder of the restaurant business, um, Brindisa being one of the six restaurants um, now, five in the UK and one abroad. You were talking about, you know, you're, you're a dog with a bone and you said, I just pushed and eventually Harrods took it on, I imagine, and, and the top chefs started to get word of it. I, I think I saw a quote about the food now uh, in Brindisa, which I imagine was kind of the, the penny that dropped back then. I think it was from Jeremy Lee, the head chef at Quovardis. Brindisa is that rare, you're talking about the restaurant that elevated the bean, anchovies, jamon, myriad cheeses, et al. to daily civilised life. In a way, I suppose you were doing that then for people in a different way because you were behind the scenes and you were providing uh, the raw material to sit there and be eaten as it grew what do you think were the reasons why you've been successful before you even got to the restaurant business did you have to man up and woman up with it suddenly was it a much bigger team or was it always quite tight in those early years in the early years it was quite tight and I think partly because we were an Anglo team and I was bilingual and then I started recruiting people to work with me who knew England very well and they knew what people enjoyed in Britain and were as determined as me to, you know, get the message across to our fellow citizens. Uh, that gave us a really strong credibility. One of the um, earliest partners I had at that time was a chap called Scott Bowden, who'd worked at Justin de Blanc. 
And uh, so he his understanding of quality food and his numeracy and his business understanding was invaluable at that time. And then I also got a couple of other friends, James and Rudy, who were both quite um, sort of characterful, if you like. And so we managed to get the message across to people in a in a way that they could really grasp mm. in that we could place it in a British kitchen or on a British menu. So, and we weren't too proud about it. So if people didn't want to necessarily, if they were a bit frightened of calling it a peculiar pepper when they were used to it being a, an Italian pepper on a menu, we would obviously try and get the press and we would try and encourage them that people will get to it eventually. They will understand it. And some of the chefs at the time, like Simon Hopkinson, Alistair Little, Rowley, uh, Mark Hicks, that generation were really looking outside of what was the norm to put these odd key ingredients onto their menus. So we had that collaboration with them that really worked to get the exposure those ingredients needed. And if it hadn't have gone any bigger than just that, and it had remained a little business, and it's not now a little business, it's north of 10 million turnover and all sorts of yeah. other things going on, would you have been okay with that? Or was were you on a mission to not you know to to as you said to reach people and help them understand the the joys of spanish food i mean what what i'm really asking is was the business success a critical part to you of the passion that you have for food yes my original training if you like was as a teacher so if you teach you need to communicate and so and obviously you try and introduce people to new experiences so that was completely behind mm. my method if you like of selling none of us in the early generation of Brindisa and even now none of us are real salespeople. we don't really like to see that's what we are doing we're trying to bring people closer to something that we truly enjoy and think uh this you know life is not the same without it you've just made sales sound simple it's all about education and maybe it just is much more coming up from my business shaper monica uh, that's after the latest travel in a couple of minutes and before that neatly intersliced into the sandwich that is jazz shapers um are some words of wisdom from our program partners at mishkondorea for your business Hi, I'm Greg Campbell. I'm a partner in the employment department at mishkondorea I've been practicing in employment law for 20 years. At mishkondorea one of the interesting things we do is we act both for senior executives and for corporate employers. So we do get to see both sides of the debate. A lot of my clients are starting up in business and the questions they ask are, well, what should I be thinking about when I hire new staff? What I would say is the important thing is write down a contract of employment. It doesn't matter that you haven't written one down. There is a contract of employment in existence the moment you hire somebody. By writing it down, you make it clear what each party's expectations are and you minimise the risk of any disputes in the future. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. This is Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning, 9am sharp. I hope you're there. You get to hopefully listen to me interviewing someone who's a shaper in the world of business. And I've had some fabulous ones over the last four years. If you've missed any, iTunes is your destination. If you're travelling in the near future, British Airways is your destination if you want to hear more. And cityam.com to boot. Monica Linton is my business shaper today, and she's the, the woman not from Del Monte, but from Brindisa. I've always wanted to say that. Sorry, I just did. Um, we've been talking about Spanish food and the fact that sales, um, Monica, over the last, it's been now almost 20 years, isn't predicated on just flogging. It's predicated on passion. It's predicated on education. As you watched your business grow from 1988 when you founded it, you opened a shop. 
as well. Beyond the shop, you then got yourself to a restaurant. Why? How? Because not everyone would have done that. You're a wholesale business. You sit behind things. What made you want to do your own thing on that front? Well, I've just had known right from the beginning that Spanish food was kind of a niche. I mean, there's an awful lot of people in Britain who never have to buy any Spanish food at all. So I wanted to make sure that uh, rather than us going beyond the Spanish borders, we found a way of selling these amazing foods in lots of different formats if you like so that's really why going from the warehouse we set up the shop we actually had warehouse days where people came into our warehouse to buy retail from our warehouse then that turned into the shop at borough market that people know um the restaurants was like my next way of getting this message out to our customer base and to the public that spanish food can really work i mean commercially and in terms of uh having a good time spain was kind of uh, not, lifestyle's the wrong word, and I don't like that word, but it's a sort of... I wanted to put it all on a plate, in a place with the atmosphere, and just bring it all together and just help people feel more and more comfortable eating and drinking Spanish wines and eating our foods. You hadn't run a restaurant before. No, no I, I mean, I had no idea how to run a restaurant. I mean, I'd worked in a restaurant way back. One of my first jobs was in a kitchen on the Costa Brava in a little village called Bagor, but I'd never really been in a restaurant business properly. So no, I had no idea how to do it. But I just, originally that site on Borough Market was in fact offered to me as a shop. But um, the predecessor had actually got an A3 license already set up on it. So I was given the opportunity to turn it into a restaurant and I thought, oh, holy Moses, I don't know how to do that. I've got to find someone who's going to help me. So that's really when I called in uh, through Mark Hicks. He introduced me to Ratnesh Bagdai who's been one of his uh, partners for many years and um, worked with him for many years. And he just looked at the site and said, this business could work. You know, how do you want me to help you? And I said, well, Here jump we go. on board. Jump on board <laughs> and we'll see what happens. Fantastic. And how you made it sound very simple. And of course, it's uh, 13 years later and it isn't simple. But therein lies your own secret. Time for some music. This is Sergio Mendes with Mas Que Nada. <laughs> That was Musquenada, Sergio Mendes, Latin. We're, we're, not, we're not sure whether it's Brazilian or there's a bit of Spanish in there, but it's, we, we liked it. So we thought we'd add it in because we're talking to Monica Linton. And Monica is all things Spanish, where well, you are today anyway, even though you'll speak English to me. So the restaurant kicks off. Um, if anyone, if you've not been inside the restaurant and you have a chance to, it's in Borough Market, the one I'm talking about, um, which, I, my, as I said, is genuinely my all-time number one restaurant favourite ever. Um, it's incredibly friendly. Everyone seems to speak Spanish in there, which is always nice, the staff. The food's amazing. You get served cold sherry, which is nice. I mean, there's a real, there's a buzz and there's a sense that people are passionate. How do you keep that passion for the product, for the food, when you're actually delivering it every day and you have been doing that for over 10 years now? What's the secret for that to to ensuring that those people on the front line deliver the passion that you have in your heart? Difficult. Difficult to pin it down to one thing. But I think, uh, I believe it's the integrity of the food. So people really believe that they are delivering some of the greatest food to their um, customers that day. That that should never change. And that's really what, if you like, the heritage of Brindisa with its 25 years of bringing those foods in and trusting who we're buying from, that translates onto the, um, onto the plate for the, the waiters to deliver to the table for the customers. Um, I think it's having um, a business where 
we endeavour, and I think we succeed most of the time, to really, really respect our colleagues, respect each other, and give each other um, inspiration, motivation, energy. You know, we've, we do quite a lot of trips to Spain. We make sure people understand where the food's coming from. We've recently started doing that more and more. I think that's really important within a business. Um, the people... There's a lot of Spanish, and not everybody speaks perfect English front of house in Brindisi Tapas Kitchens. It's quite nice, though, isn't it? But I think. So it's kind of, kind of... It gives it an atmosphere. Yeah. It makes people feel like, no, I'm not there necessarily in Spain, but that they're close to Spain. Yeah, you get food people. you haven't ordered, it's great. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. You know, that hasn't happened once, quickly. Um, we do, I mean, I'd love to be a language teacher for Brindisi Tapas Kitchens, actually. It might be what I have to do in my retirement. Huh. But the, um, I think that just adds a lot of, the, the chemistry is good. Yeah. So um, they, they, they really, nearly everybody who comes to work in Brindisi, whether it's the restaurants or the shops, they say they're so proud of the food they're serving. And I think uh, that's a really important element of it all. And each restaurant that we've done is slightly different. So it's not just an off-pack copy. So that also stimulates intellectually, I think, a lot of the staff as well. And you thought you were just eating food, you see, but you weren't. You were actually having a proper experience, and that's how <laughs> Monica has pulled it together. Final chat coming up with her uh, later, plus we'll play a track from Van Morrison after the latest traffic and travel here on Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM, in partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Van Morrison with Moondance. Monica's with me just for um, a few more precious minutes. We've been talking about all sorts of things, which it's never enough when you think about, I imagine, at least for me, I, you know, we've been, you've been in business now 30 years almost, 27, 27 years, something like that. And here we go. We've quick talk, talk quickly about the, the rise of food and the wholesale business. We've talked about your restaurant business and that ability for you to capture the passion and the experience through your team, which I've asked you about. As you look forward now, What's the next few years going to be? Is it more restaurant openings? Is it a consolidation? What kind of ambition do you have for the education, if you like, of of us here in the UK? Well, the future for us isn't going to be hundreds of Spanish restaurants all over Britain. That's not uh, something that's going to hit the spot, as far as I'm concerned. And for most of my colleagues, we really we believe in quality over quantity. So we want to. We've got a couple of really good opportunities coming up for new sites maybe in the next few years. We're not going to rush at them. We want to consolidate what we started, each because each of our restaurants is slightly different. There's, It's not like you mm-hmm. can just say it's all done. So we have to keep refreshing what's going on in those uh, restaurants. We've got Barcelona that is almost like a, a sort of source of inspiration and a school, if you like, for our London site. So I want to make sure that our teams, and we've got to a, a point where we can actually have that cultural exchange and that between the two cities actually flowing, which we haven't really started yet because that's quite a uh, a new restaurant for us. The wholesale business is just going to keep tracking on with what it's doing. It's doing really well, so we're going to keep doing um, foods, but we're not going to just go and find more and more weird ingredients that people don't necessarily need. We want to do better cheese ranges, do our hams better, do some of, just keep trying to do what we're doing better. And 
I've got a book that's been in, in waiting for an awfully long time. That I've heard about will, this, yes. <laughs> will come about. The incubation period's very, very long, but it hopefully it'll... Um... Needs cooking properly, right? Something like that. <laughs> Something long, like sorry that. about that. Yeah. But yeah, but, that, but that's exciting because well, it's nice, I imagine, to capture some of those, as you said to me, you're not a chef, but you have been around Spanish food for a long time. You're very passionate about it. You've curated it for yeah. the British public, if you will. And I think, I, I mean, I personally would love that book. It, it strikes me that you're kind of uh, not the... Um, unintentional entrepreneur but you're very much an educative entrepreneur in the sense that that's informed your mission do people ask you to come and talk to them about how you've how you've made this business this business and are they struck by the difference because it strikes me that you're different in the way that you have yes I do think I'm a sort of accidental entrepreneur really but I would never it would never have worked without the people around me who have got the you know complementary skills because I kind of you know I'm a sort of spontaneous person I get very I love people people just completely drive me and so it's the people and the food but that can't make a business work I mean there's so many other uh in there's so much infrastructure you need there's so much uh science behind all the figures you have to be able to manage all of that and um one of the things I've insisted on all the time is to make sure that I have that expertise in the business and if we haven't got it in the business we buy it in and we get it when we need it because I know what I can't do and Mm. I think that's you know that's um, something that one has to recognise and that so people like Scott Ratnesh um, my current directors Heath and Alberto and my sales team I mean everybody in the business brings a really really big part of you know they own part of the success that we're living and we want to maintain. Well, look, listen, you're having a good time. You're bringing good things to this country. You've now exported, gone back to Spain. It's kind of a, a reverse takeover. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you. And I'm and some great advice in there as well. Just before I let you tootle off, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? My song choice is Dorothy Masuka, um, Five Bells. And the reason I chose it is, well, I was born in Africa along with my brothers and sisters. We spent a lot of years in Africa. Um, so we were brought up to the sound of Miriam Makiba, Jimmy Cliff, um, uh, lots and lots and lots of African music, high life, West African high life. And Dorothy, was her songs were introduced to me by one of my kind of Africa friends called Tara. And Dorothy's own story is incredible of uh, migration and trying to... You know, with South Africa and all the issues at the time. And um, I just think her music and her voice are unbelievable. So I chose it really in honour of our African connections, really. Well, thank you so much. And here, and here it is. It's Five Bells from Dorothy Musick. <laughs> That was Five Bells by Dorothy Masuka, the song choice of my business shaper today, Monica Linton. Person that really believed in education as a way to sell something. And boy, has she done that with Spanish food in this country. Someone who is absolutely passionate about it. And that passion has helped her build her business. And really humble. Someone who said, you know what, it's been the people around me that have helped me build this business. And the joy of working with Spanish people as part of it as well. All good stuff. Do join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am next Saturday here on Jazz FM. Meantime, stay with us. Coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.